Okay, I'm warning you, I may sneeze throughout this introduction. My sinuses have gone crazy on this stunning spring day. Like, what the hell? <laughs> okay, enough of me. You know I love an interesting story. It's pretty much the whole reason why I started this podcast. The Trudy podcast was a way for me to get to know interesting women who were creative and carving their own paths. So I'm not going to lie, this was partly a personal creative project. However, I also wanted you as the listener to be able to see what was possible for your own life and your career or that journey with your small business that you're on right now. And as I'm recording these episodes, sometimes I batch them a few weeks ahead. At the moment, it's pretty much weekly. So I interview and then it goes out that week. And now and again, I connect with a woman who, well, I just have this hunch that she's going to have a really interesting story because usually we jump on the Zoom call. Most of these are recorded via Zoom at the moment. And we banter away, we chat back and forth, banter for the non-Australians listening to this chit-chat, you know, getting to know each other. And I feel like I have known some of these women probably in a past life, but it's it's really amazing when I get to connect with someone and we just we just go deep straight away. We have a really interesting conversation and I I sometimes kick myself that I don't include that as part of the interview and maybe you are all going to give me feedback that I should. So today's guest, Odette Barry, is one of those women that when I sat down with her this week and we got on the call, I had that feeling that she was going to present an interesting story and a really interesting interview. And she was definitely one of those women. She is the founder of her own PR company, Odette & Co., as well as having a nine-week mentoring program called Hack Your Own PR and a podcast of the same name. She is witty, she is intelligent, she is extremely generous with her advice on how to become primarily a better storyteller because becoming a better storyteller will lead you to better promotion and better PR opportunities. This is an essential episode if you have a small business, mostly because I think this was pure gold. Odette has a really beautiful way of demystifying a lot of the assumptions that we likely make around PR, that it's only for the big guys and girls, and breaks it down into a way that at the level that we're at in a small business with small budgets and probably a one woman show, we can start taking action today. So this is essential listening. Okay, let's get into the episode. This is the True To You podcast, your very own work bestie. Each week we come together for honest conversations about reinventing yourself and your career, all while navigating a path towards meaningful work. I'm your host, Ruby Marsh. Let's do this. Odette, welcome to the show. Thank you for joining us on the True to You podcast. Oh, thanks so much for having me. So the first question that I love to dive into is one of your career journey. And sometimes this is enough of a permission slip for the women who listen to this and the men. I always forget the men, but my, my audience is predominantly female to really go out and go after what they want to go after. So in hearing other people's stories, I think it's it's really interesting. And yes, it gives us that permission slip. So would you like to share with us, you have been in the world of PR for most of your career. Is that correct? Only the latter half, actually. Really? Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah. <laughs> Tell us about your career journey, though, because it sounds very interesting. Yeah, well, um, I... 
I probably didn't follow the traditional career trajectory that, you know, a lot of private schools um, suggest that you might uh, like to follow. Um, I was like your classic privileged high private school student who took it for granted and made no took no value personally from that experience so I was a bit of a do-nothing kid at school I was not inspired I was not you know sure where I was going I worked at Boost Juice part-time um and I did I clocked almost like 40 hours a week for most of high school um because I just loved it so much I loved connecting with people I like felt really good at my job I prided myself on my cleanliness and like my customer service but it was a space where I really felt like I had purpose but I just, I was so adamant through high school that I was not going to uni unless I knew exactly what I was going there for. And I just, you know, my parents were like, (laughs) great investment this high school. (laughs) But um, yeah, I just kind of floated out of high school, uh, was working um, in all kinds of different jobs and did some temping, fell into a job with Westpac um, through my temping. Um, and then I had a baby. So I got married when I was 21 and had a baby when I was 22. Um, and I was working for Westpac prior to having my son, but, um, I also was lucky enough to get a job going back there after I had my baby. So I was working within, um, Westpac's events and sales team within the financial planning arm. And I used to do all of the corporate communications to financial planners. And um, it was a really great place to learn how to communicate um, because I had to learn how to communicate with 50 to 60-year-old men who were an entirely different demographic to my 22-year-old self. So I worked uh, for Westpac for five years um, within that team or within within a couple of different teams and I, I, I was really lucky to be there. I got to learn and grow and eventually in my fifth year I had this amazing manager who said, go back to uni, Odie, like we will fully fund you to go to uni and you can grow your craft and, you know, flap your wings. And at the time I was pretty done with being at Westpac um, and working in financial services because it did feel like it was completely out of alignment with who I was, Um, but I was really inspired by his belief in myself that I was good and ready and deserving of a place in academia. Um, And I Googled the bejesus out of things that I loved, um, which was namely social media, and (laughs) I found a degree or my husband helped me find a degree that, like, had social media in it but it was a strategic communication degree, which was public relations, journalism, and marketing. Um, So at the age of, I think it was 26, I went back to uni um, and was that like super gnarly mature age student who was just like, (laughs) had my packed lunches at uni. And yeah, it was super hard, Um, but that's kind of where my... um, where my journey into PR sort of came back or came to start. Yeah. And now you have your own business. Is that right? I do. Yeah. 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 I've had this business for almost five years now. Wow. Um, But prior to that, I did work in corporate communications for the Australian Physiotherapy Association and TAFE New South Wales. Um, But moving to Byron Bay from Melbourne six years ago, um, it was kind of create a job or go on the dole, basically. There's just like, you know, the irony is that like I loved my job in Melbourne before we left um, and I tried really hard to bring my work with me, um, but they just didn't have a remote work culture, which mm. now, lol. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but um, they gave me a 10-month project to work on remotely um, in the first year up here and then 
I just started like putting the feelers out there and letting people know that I was freelancing and that quickly snowballed into an agency that I had no idea how to manage. Um, And then, yeah, like a couple of years ago, I decided to scale things down a little bit and like write my programs and yeah, that's kind of where I am now. Uh, such such a good story, I think, because like you say, you you some part of you knew that timing had to be right for you. You must have now. You must look back and you you must think I've you know I had even strong intuition at or gut feel at uh, seventeen eighteen that the right thing was going to come along for you eventually. And interestingly, I imagine that that time, even in Boost and so much of PR from what I understand is relationship building, isn't totally. it? And having connections and being personable and, yeah, creating that repertoire of people that you can reach out to for um features and and all of those sorts of things I'm probably not articulating this in the PR speak but you were honing those skills at at that age and oh yeah and I think I think I was always um I've always been really guided by my Mm. gut instinct and my intuition and it's not probably been until my later years that I have learned what that means yeah but I'm a I'm a real intuitive like I can sense like an opportunity an idea a direction and I don't know how I got there and I trust that now I used to question it but now I'm more comfortable to know that that's kind of one of my superpowers and that I can um rather than try and logically analyze why something's a good fit, I can generally um, sense it more than I can (laughs) rationalize it. Yeah. It's so, it's so interesting, isn't it? Sometimes we just have to trust that that's there and that's our particular guiding mechanism. And it's not saying that everybody needs to follow their intuition because that might not be as dialed in for them Mm. at that particular point in their life or it might never be but for you that's that's obviously been something that's been really strong from it from a young age yeah okay I would love to talk a little bit about storytelling because I know this is a really important part of your work an important part of guiding your clients to have really stellar PR opportunities and present themselves in a unique way as well because I think so much of PR is pitching isn't it and put putting people in front of people and saying you need to feature this person you need to have them on a podcast or whatever it might be and if that person doesn't have a compelling story or can't tell their story in a compelling way as you just did for us (laughs) then it probably makes your job tricky so I would love to know (laughs) because I also on the flip side of that it's easy to tell someone to to oh you just need to tell your story or you know you just need to become a better storyteller and it's I find become especially uh you know if you're on the digital interface and marketing and things like that it seems to be a word that crops up a lot but Oh, it's There's very so many buzzwordy. It is. It's so <laughs> buzzwordy. And it, it's not just that easy. It's not as simple. So talk to me about why you think storytelling is important for business and how you help your clients master it in their marketing strategy. Well, I, I mean, like humans connect on a story level, right? Like we've been sitting around campfires for how long? Yes. Um, and we 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 learn to navigate the world around us thanks to stories. We understand ourselves better because of stories. Um, and we we learn our and are educated through storytelling itself. Um, there's lots of different reasons why storytelling is so important for business, but one really big thing is as that it's the sticky stuff that connects people to us. If we're just talking about product features and benefits, people don't really get super excited. 
but when we're talking to media, they definitely do not want to hear about products, features and benefits because that's an ad, not a story. Mm. And a story needs to help people feel they want to like get excited. They want to like have like the goosebumps. They want to taste the flavors that you're describing. And that's, you know, that's the magical stuff for businesses that we can, um, you know, ideally with a story, we want to start people imagining the thing that we're telling them because once they start creating images in their mind, they then have a memory that they're going to come back to in the future. So often when it comes to social media or, um, you know, traditional media opportunities, we might have like a 10-second news grab or, you know, like a couple of seconds before someone swipes past us. So we need to bring all of our most powerful, juicy storytelling so that we can create a memory that someone's going to go, ah, when I need that thing, I'm going to remember that person because I've got them stuck in my memory bank. If we don't give them any reason to connect with us, um, then they're just going to slide on by or that moment's going to pass and we won't be, you know, someone that people are looking up and Googling after they see that news story. Yeah, yeah. I I love what you said around the visceral response. So that sensory response when someone that you get when someone tells a story, that emotion, and that's really what we connect to, isn't it? As humans, and yeah, and we're so hungry for as well. Mm. We we are curious beings at our core. So. We want to know why someone does what they do. We want to know how they do it. We want to know all of the little steps that people take. And, and that's what good storytelling constitutes. It's it's speaking to the heart and the head at the same time. It's talking to like, you know, how that thing arrived there, seeing the like sneaky behind the scenes stuff and understanding what motivates someone. So, you know, when when we talk about people feeling like they don't have a story we do all have a story it's Mm -hmm. just about asking yourself some core questions that help you untangle what that is and you know when I'm teaching people how to do their PR I'm teaching people to start framing up things in the language of angles which is just the media jargon for stories um But it's funny because one of the things I always tell people to do is to start thinking about the questions people ask you about what you do. So, oh, so how does that thing work? Well, the answer to that is a story, but the question is also a story in itself. So, you know, why do you have a podcast? Like, why are you inspired to do that? Like, that in itself, Ruby Marsh is inspired to host a podcast because xyz like suddenly we're like you know jumping to try and find out the answer to these questions so um just asking the question why go back to your three-year-old self (laughs) and ask why of everything in front of you and in your life both personally and professionally and you'll start finding some pretty cool stories like you have seen of late I've published all kinds of different stories of different facets of my life um, anything from stories about motherhood judgment about um, the age I was when I had my child um, how I you know commentary on media diversity I've had articles published around my relationships with alcohol you know anything's a story like we're so curious to understand why people do what they do so Give yourself space to believe in your story because Mm. I think we're all so marred by imposter syndrome and that we're not good enough, we're not shiny enough, we're not interesting enough that we cancel out those stories. But actually if we give ourselves permission to believe in our ability to have a story, then they start flowing. Yeah, yeah. And it's a process, isn't it? It's not like you sit down one day and go, I'm going to write up my story from when I was this age to this age and how that influenced my business, for example, how it influenced the product that I created or whatever connections you find between your story. I mean, that is something I do ask people to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I, what I, what, in that though, I think you have to go back and revisit it 
because yeah, yeah, this, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're I not just like sitting there like, oh, this is a story. Oh, I've got another <laughs> yeah. story. Come on, listen to my stories. It's like like insanely difficult. But do you know what? Like this is like a really topical um uh complete and utter diversion from the conversation at hand but I was going to a party last weekend and I didn't really know too many people there and one of my girlfriends said to me just be super super curious ask a million questions of the people that you don't know and they will love talking about themselves and if you just flip that back on yourself and also if you struggle with that Sit down with a friend and ask them to ask you a whole bunch of questions and then record it, get it like, you know, write it all out from there and, and yeah, it's a fun little process. It is. It is. I've been doing this work with my husband actually recently because he does it in a lot more depth with his clients and it's it's hard but it's quite liberating I feel because part of you wants to actually tell that story, right? Part of you wants to give people that opportunity to connect with you on that deeper level. And Mm. when you do give them that opportunity, I, I bet you see so many businesses just rise to the next level. And obviously there's other PR strategies other than storytelling, but when people really just open that doorway a little bit, it's like, oh, we kind of breathe a sigh of relief as the consumer because suddenly we're like, oh, we can connect with this brand or this product or this service on a deeper level now. Yeah. And yeah. Well, there's there's kind of like two sides of that. There's like the light and the dark perhaps will <laughs> frame it as that like one part is like the curiosity the realness and the authenticity like that's that's like this beautiful part of brands telling stories and businesses telling story the other side is that strategic part in that you have to have a story in order to get media coverage Mm. so there's kind of you know brands that have great stories piece of cake for PR and it makes their lives so, so much easier um, for brands that don't have like a real um, why story baked into the DNA of the business. Then it becomes a little bit more of a reverse engineering and looking for what the storytelling opportunities might be. But yeah, it's transformative for brands. Mm, mm. Do you work with small business owners in your in your agency in its current form it might not be really agency scale anymore uh yeah but do you work with small business owners and in terms of your you have hack your pr hack your pr course yeah yeah so it's predominantly small business owners right um and uh there's a couple of social media managers and copywriters like people within the sort of skill set but largely it's small business owners learning how to uncover what their story is, but also learning how to navigate the media landscape, which is not like, you know, some rocket science formula that you have to navigate a matrix. It's just like learn how to be a good person, the end. Sometimes I feel a bit rude taking people's money. (laughs) But it's pretty basic PR, you know, and that's why I teach it because I think small business owners can really benefit from it Um, but also that it is a skill that is achievable to acquire. Mm, mm, Yes, yes. So everyone listening out there, don't believe that PR is for the select few, for the celebrities, for the massive brands with big budgets. It's it, There's opportunities out there for everyone. And Odette's given you so many clues and everything that she's just said, especially around the storytelling piece that will lead you to getting some of these opportunities. And obviously it's vulnerable to pitch yourself. You're not going to get a yes every time, but it's, it's a really amazing experience to go through as well in terms of confidence in yourself, obviously in your story, but also in the quality of what you're selling too, because uh, if you can get those opportunities that take you to that next level, it's that belief 
from from another source. It's not just about you putting all your own marketing out into the world, but then you can leverage these opportunities. Um, yeah, really. and I think like um, it's it's really good advice what you shared then that it's not about the celebrity and it's not about being the best product in your category or the shiniest star or having the most number of followers on Instagram. Like PR is for anyone that has balls and is willing to put themselves out there and, you know, like it it is a great leap of faith. It really is. But um, PR doesn't really come to people that don't seek it. And I think that's probably the myth that so many people hold prior to dabbling in PR is that they think that, you know, that magazine picked up that brand because they were the coolest or because that journalist was stalking them and found them. And and by and large, that does happen as well. But I would say anywhere between 50 to 80% of news headlines across most print, digital and, um, you know, TV or radio opportunities come about because that story has been pitched, not because it fell in the lap of the person. And they're definitely is a tipping point where brands do get reactive media opportunities where journos do come knocking. But largely they do come about from people hustling their heinies off and making those things happen. And it's super cool. Like it's so liberating to know that because it allows you, I guess, the permission to like have a crack. Like don't shy away from it because you think someone else is better or bolder or braver. Just, you know, you win if you put yourself out there and if you do the research and are super strategic. Yes. So I would love to know a little bit more about what's actually under the umbrella of PR. Um, This media landscape is changing at a rapid pace at the moment as well, which must feel exciting for you because it's constantly changing your work and making it really interesting, I imagine. But mm-hmm. for everyone that <laughs> is very new to <laughs> uh, very new to PR, you know, there's p- opportunities. Television, for example, has changed so much in the last few years, and that might have been the the pinnacle opportunity for people. I don't know, five, ten years ago, and now it's probably shifted. So. What sits under the umbrella of PR first? Well, PR by definition is like leveraging other channels for reputation and trust, you know, for your gain. So um, I don't think any of the definitions of PR are super useful for people to actually understand what you're talking about. So in normal people's language, um, it's, you know, the op- trying to secure opportunities and normally secure comes about from emails or phone calls. <laughs> very, very mystical practice <laughs> that we have. Um, and, and, and seeking opportunities to speak, to write, to um, be seen in other mediums other than our own platforms. So, Generally, um, traditional media refers to magazines, (coughs) excuse me, newspapers, radio, television, Um, but that has really evolved of late, as you say, um, with the media landscape copying an absolute hiding from the likes of Facebook and Google taking that advertising spend over the last 10 years. Um, but now digital media is really a massive front runner. Podcasts, influencer collaborations. There's any number of platforms now that we can secure visibility for ourselves, for our brands, for our products. But for me, um, I really like to teach traditional media. Um, whilst you know, lots of people will talk about it being a dying um, machine. It's still insanely powerful. And the, the, the way you navigate traditional media is by and large very similar to, you know, the new age media. Um, but 
you know, niche media publications like Hello May, Frankie, Peppermint, those kinds of publications are doing incredibly well at capturing new voice, share of voice, um, whilst, you know, the likes of Channel 7 News might be um, lessening in their impact and reach that they may have had 10 years ago. But, um, yeah, for me, PR refers to securing great opportunities to make yourself look pretty cool. (laughs) (laughs) In terms of the small businesses that you work with, is there any particular, you focus on more traditional media, you said. So what would that look like? For example, like maybe you can, um, for someone like me that that is a small business coach, where for people in that uh, personal development arena, maybe, you know, one day I'll have a book, I hope, things like that, that I can leverage opportunities from. But in the short term, what would you say to someone like me in terms of where I could focus on? And I know some of the answers, but I would love to know just what what your thoughts would be from your way of teaching PR in terms of maybe traditional media or if there's other things I, ha- I wouldn't have thought of. Yeah. Well, uh, the way I teach PR is to get people to interview their clients, their audiences and find out what they listen to, what they watch and what they read. Because I, from the outside, I can tell you, oh, you should be in Forbes, entrepreneur, Mm. smart company, you know. Um, But I don't know your audience as well as you do. So I always urge people to go back and make it super grassroots, super simple, Ask people what they, where they go uh, to unwind, to upskill, whatever your product category or your service-based business in your um, domain, um, where they're going to grow their business, where do they seek that information. That's where you want to be. So mm-hmm. through my program, I always teach people to choose um mediums from a couple of different categories. So try and choose one TV, try and choose one radio, try and choose one print and try and choose one digital. You know, if that's right, if you're (laughs) wanting to do TV, a lot of people are not. Um, But I really urge people to try several different categories and experiment with it because every, um, every message and every business is going to get different traction with different outlets. Like I've had some brands that will do really well in Country Style magazine and then another brand will not do as well. So it all comes down to who you are and how well aligned you are with the outlet and its audience but also how um, how interesting the story or the way an item is presented. So I urge people to be experimental, go far and wide um, but really interview your clients and, and find out what they consume because it makes your job a lot easier to meet people where they already are. Yes, I love that. And that way you can narrow it down to a short list, I imagine, and you're you're going to, it's kind of like paid advertising and picking your audience for a Facebook ad. You're going to be more likely to reach those people that will be more potential clients for you if that's what you're looking to uh, come from those opportunities. I'd love to know though, because some people, it feels like they're everywhere all the time and they're always like lots and lots and lots and lots of opportunities. And maybe as I said, it's because they've got a book or something like that and they're just trying to get the word out everywhere. But I remember listening to a podcast a, a little while ago, but it was a Seth Godin podcast, and he was talking about how in the early days when he was starting writing, in one year I think it was he did 50, 200 He did a crazy number of presentations. It was easy one a week anyway. And so he got his message out to as many people as he could. And, I mean, he he is kind of first, you know, one of the first in his class or of the modern marketers. The god of digital marketing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, should we just go right to the top? I think so. It's in his Um, name. (laughs) So 
you know, we're not we're not comparing apples with apples, but um, yeah, I think it's interesting that some people have this like blitz strategy. I would love for you to talk on that for a second. I think, yeah, it's just interesting to know whether you suggest being very intentional or whether it's great to get the practice and to be on a lot of podcasts and yeah, where do you kind of draw the line with that? Well, um, you know, I teach PR. I don't um I don't take on retainers for PR. Um and most small businesses who I imagine are like your audience mm. do not have the money to go everywhere, nor do they have the time to fulfill those commitments. So um, my approach to PR is all about playing small and being strategic mm. um, because we only have so much time. So whilst we may not be paying for a publicist to work on our behalf, our time is our commitment to that. So we need to research the opportunities. We have to secure the opportunities. Then we have to prepare for the opportunities. Then we have to appear in the pop opportunities and then we need to use that opportunity to our strategic gain and content market the bejesus out of it so Mm. all in all you're probably looking at about 10 hours per opportunity if you want to do a really good job of it so how much time have you got in a week that you're willing to put into your PR I would say most people probably couldn't afford to put more than like three hours aside to their PR outreach so I would be, you know, looking for creating really deep and meaningful relationships with the journalists, the podcast hosts, the producers that you build connections with because over time it's not going to be about you pitching stories. They're going to come to you when they need a spokesperson on subject matter that is your area of interest. So then your return on investment um, gets better over time based on that investment upfront. So Mm -hmm. how well did you build that relationship will mean that you're going to have dividends for a really long time and then you can move on and build that list out once you've secured those opportunities because that great connection is going to be nourished in the background. Yes, yes. Less is more. (laughs) Yes. Thank you for saying for saying that because I think uh, a lot of us probably think we have to be everywhere all the time and if we can't then it's not worth doing but like you say that these connections can get nurtured over time and then and then believe also that when it's the right time the opportunity will come to you as well but Absolutely. I think one of the first things you said is that we sometimes expect that they're just going to come to us and they're going to invite us to do all these things and speak and in that. But um, it's also how you show up. I, I think for me, I've had opportunities simply by being seen in the right places through networking opportunities and making an effort to get to know a lot of people. And sometimes that can be even the start of your relationship building, right? Well, that's PR 101. Be a good human, be curious, be a connector, um, be open, um, be generous with what you know, um, and all of those things play into it. So good PR is underpinned by great networking, great social media, a beautiful brand, a solid product, great testimonials from your clients and a beautiful, easy to use website. Like all of those touch points come into play when it comes to a journalist doing a quick whip around and doing a digital audit of your brand to work out whether you're actually worth featuring. So it's one thing to get on their radar. It's another thing to be believed and to be trusted because they are putting their name to yours. So it's just as much of a risk for them um, as it is for the masthead itself to carry your story if you're, you know, your product's no good or, you know, you're not, you know, not a kind person and all of that stuff shines through through your digital presence or through your meet and greets at various events. Mm, mm, that's that's really really good advice I hope that 
I hope that everyone listening realizes that all of those touch points are really important. It doesn't mean that you have to spend a lot of time, but if you are going to be reaching out for opportunities that that all of those things are in place. Because I imagine as well, they want some credibility, right? They don't want to just look at an Instagram um, grid and go, oh, she's, you know, she's got a really well put together (laughs) set of photos there. And depending on what they're looking at, having you be a part of, obviously, but they probably need a little bit of depth that they can skim around. Like you say, they can see testimonials, they can see that that you can write already, especially if you're wanting to pitch to (laughs) (laughs) simple things. And look, like the other side of that is that you don't want to waste an opportunity. So say you get your dream piece of coverage with Peppermint Magazine and uh, they run the feature and somehow you swindled the feature without having a good quality product. (laughs) But imagine the disappointment when they come to your website and the checkout function's broken or the product hasn't been tested and you then get all of these returns. And, you know, like there's you turn PR on when you have ticked all the boxes of having happy customers, of having a product that you're proud of, that you know, a service-based business that you can book online bookings, that there's a way to capture those new eyeballs that are no doubt going to come at your way. You know, for me, I had a story run um, over the weekend and I had, you know, over a thousand hits on the first day of that running. But also people who featured me in their blogs had 600 plus new site hits as a result of that. So people are going to go and search your name. They're going to look at every place that you appear in Google and suss you out. So be ready. Make sure you have done a digital audit and tidied up any loose ends, making sure that there's no rogue social media profiles that don't represent where you're at in your business. Um, But also that there's no like confusing elements of like an old website that you're not using anymore. Like all of those things, you want to just narrow the funnel so that all of that work that you put into preparing for those opportunities and researching and romancing and networking, building those connections over time results in gain for your business or whatever your mission is. Oh, I, I love that. I, oh, you're so good. <laughs> <laughs> you're so good. And I know that the women listening, uh, you know, they might be thinking, oh God, you know, don't, don't be overwhelmed by this. I think that's, it's easy that you'll arrive at wanting to get PR at the right point in your business. And, um, you know, I think some people start out their businesses and from day one, they need to go and get all of this PR. But I think what you just said is really key. That's that make sure you have everything in place. And it might actually be one or two years down the track once you have a reputable brand or service that you start to take it to the next level. I've I've had some clients featured before we worked together and they said it was overwhelming once they got featured because <laughs> they oh, weren't necessarily got, ready. <laughs> I got an email from someone wanting to do PR and she said that they had a story run on Channel 7 and um, they couldn't keep up with the demand so they had to close down their business. Mm. And mm. so, you know, they have rebuilt their business and now they're ready to do it again. But, you know, that's... The other thing that I often think about in those first few years of your business, you often sort of iterate your product or your service offering. Like, and there's a little bit of time where you're really getting to know yourself as this thing, um, for want of a better, more glamorous way to describe that. But there's a lot of change in those first few years. And I really think like, Between year three and five is a real sweet spot for PR because it's where you're really starting to hit your stride. You're starting to feel really confident in what you know and what you do and how you do it. You've probably got a really long list of happy customers that you can also draw on as case studies for media ops. Um, But you're really sort of in that place where 
you're kind of justified in being in media opportunities. Like obviously the media loves new things. Like that's a news story because it's new and it's never been done before. But for a lot of us, we're quite experimental in the beginning. For some businesses, like they R&D for years before they get to launch and for them, they're probably in a great opportunity to do PR straight off the bat. For, for a lot of us though, um, that's just yeah, R&Ding case. as we go. Yeah, we're trying to figure <laughs> yeah. out what life is <laughs> as we go. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. I would... I'd love to talk about something that uh, you do called Future Dreamers. You're an editor of Future Dreamers. Is this a passion project for you or is it a, another business? <laughs> um, it's a client of mine. Okay, that, got it. Um, I am really so lucky to um, be part of. Uh, yeah, I'm the editor for Future Dreamers, which is a sort of sex, pleasure, identity, culture, the esoteric, the spiritual, mental health platform for young people coming of age. So mm, amazing. Pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. And so what does it look like for you as an editor? What's your role in that? So my main function is overseeing the like news production and um media so I'm looking at uh, from an editorial perspective like what's being produced by our writers and journalists and videographers um, but also managing the team of contributors so it's it's pretty fun Um, I'm not gonna lie I feel very privileged to be opening up conversations in a in spaces that have been stigmatised for far too long, mostly from fear and from people not having the skills to communicate around desire and like bodily functions that we just don't know or understand. So it's pretty cool. It feels like a very transformative platform. I imagine. Is it a little bit transformative for you as well? Totally. You're probably learning a lot. (laughs) At the age of 35, I am learning so many of the things for the first time that, you know, our 18-year-old might be learning with me. So it's a great privilege. I, I think one of the things that's probably the biggest challenge is like my own internalized stigmatism that I apply to conversations and um, a lot of these young kids are so much further along in their um, navigation of gender fluidity than I am you know able to grapple with yet but it's Mm. just you know creating a platform for these people to have voices. Yeah amazing Uh, that's that must feel like it must feel really nice to have something alongside the work that you do that is almost like giving back is 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 a really positive contribution to I'm not saying that your work isn't but just having that outlet to really impact that younger generation especially as a mother of uh, your boy is he's early teens now is that right I'm trying to yeah, calculate your age he's 13 next <laughs> yeah. week <laughs> yeah, so you're you're probably well equipped now. <laughs> to- yeah, look, it's it's a it's a funny old thing, like in this world, how things come about. But you know, like I I've been talking to my son about porn, about drugs, about anal sex, about consent, like all the things that like make people sweat and feel really uncomfortable when you bring them up over a luncheon. (laughs) And, you know, like I've been talking to him about these things since he was, you know, like five or six because it was important to me that we had a safe space to talk about things that I never spoke to my mum about these sorts of things and I felt a great chasm because of that. Like it was a real loss for me. And so I have been awkwardly throwing them out there unnecessarily forever. And yeah, like it's 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 a real treat to yeah. like to be able to create safe spaces for my son and his friends, um, but also um, use that you know practical 
experience on future dreamers as well Mm. Mm. so good so good I love that that's such a beautiful note to end on Odette would you is there any last words that you would like to share with the audience anything that you've got coming up maybe when the next round of your hack your PR course opens things like that share away Oh, I guess just the biggest thing is like for anyone that's like got that narrative of excuses in their head, holding them back from doing anything, not just PR, like from like getting better with their numbers in their business or from like taking time away from their business to be with their family or taking time away from their family to be with their business. Like there's all any number of excuses that we like give ourselves, um, but just I think, you know, if if you take nothing else from this conversation, like give yourself permission to just do that thing, like whatever it is, dive on in because like we only have such a limited time on this earth. Make it freaking awesome. Mm. Yes. <laughs> and the next pit, hack your own PRs in February. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> well, this will be coming out soon so everybody can stalk you hard before <laughs> <laughs> before the they romance jump. happening yeah before they jump into that um if people want to connect with you what's the best place to hang out with you yeah you can find me on most social platforms just search for my name Odette Barry um I'm Odette and Co on Instagram but I'm on LinkedIn and Facebook Thank you so much for your time. I really, really loved this conversation. It's uh, gone in all different directions. When you create uh, questions for your for your guests, sometimes you don't know where it's all going to flow. And this is really being something quite special. And I know that everyone's going to get a lot out of this. And I really hope that you have the confidence to yes, do what you need to do with your life, but also reach out and and go for those opportunities, even if it starts out a bit awkward for you, just have a go, you know, and I'm sure Odette has plenty of awesome resources that, that you can start out with on her website. Her podcast is amazing, actually. If you <laughs> want to want to dive a little bit further and see if if this whole PR thing is something you want to um, deepen a relationship with and bring it into your business, then yes, definitely your podcast is amazing for that. It's a nice little way to get to know the landscape and get a bit of a feel for things. It's a nice free 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 resource (laughs) listen to the podcast you can do your own PR honestly I I like I get DMs from people saying oh my god I feel so bad that I stole all your IP from your podcast I'm not going to do your course and I'm like great that's awesome that's super cool because more people should be doing it more people should be doing really awesome PR so go listen to the potty and get yourself some headlines Yes, love that. Thank you so much, beautiful woman. Thank you for having me.